0: Welcome to the podcast. My name is Robert Berger. We're joined by our host Lee Griffing and Scott Boris. We uh, lied to you last episode, saying we were going to do a uh, radio communication stuff. Uh, We got bored with radio communication stuff, so we grabbed uh, FAR ninety one point two one one supplemental oxygen. We'll jump more like we
1: found out they got bored.
0: It was a combination. I went to the next one, and I just we'll do it sometime this year. And this, well, it does start to get a little repetitive. Yeah, we'll do, we have know. Class Delta next week. We are sticking to that train. Yeah. But we abandon the, uh, the radio stuff for now until we get some recordings of Scott and his plane. That'll make them more entertaining, I think. That'll be good. Uh, 91.211 Supplemental Oxygen. We'll jump right into it. It is uh, no person may operate a civil aircraft of U.S. Registry 1. At cabin pressure altitudes above 12,500 feet MSL up to and including 4,000 feet MSL, unless the required minimum flight crew is provided with and uses supplemental oxygen for that part of the flight at those altitudes that is of more than 30 minutes in duration. So basically, 12,500 feet to 14,000 feet mean sea level. Um, You can go up to there for 30 minutes and you don't, you don't need to have anything. So right?
1: uh, mm-hmm. ab-
2: yep. above that, above that, you can just do whatever you yeah, want. Right? It gets into two.
0: No, there's, no. There's more. Keep, keep reading. Got skimming.
2: Oh, 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 oh yeah. okay. I thought, this, <laughs> I thought that was the danger yep. zone. No. no,
1: yeah, that window uh, right there, 12, 5, yeah, fourteen thousand. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: you'll die in there if you don't breathe above that. Right. So I just always thought you get through that as fast as possible, and you then you're good so to go you, again. You,
0: the one fifty just blast through that range real real quick.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. Straight up. Yep. Have
0: you, um. Have you guys ever <laughs> gone and utilized this section where you've less than thirty minutes between that range without?
1: I have not. Had, no, the only people really using this is uh, you know, somebody getting over a mountain range, maybe Alaska or something like that, in um parachute or yeah, yeah. parachute skydiving. That's really what the reg is for—is for skydivers, Real. I believe. Go up, drop them, come right back yeah, down.
2: Probably. Why? I mean, why else would you be in that range to, to, for that to amount get of time? Up. Like, get over a mountain you, range. But, yeah, yeah. And then uh, yes. part two, which is.
0: Kill Scott's idea. Uh, at cabin pressure altitudes above 14,000 feet MSL, unless the required minimum flight crew is provided with and uses supplemental oxygen during the entire flight at those altitudes. And three, at cabin pressure altitudes above 15,000 feet MSL, unless each occupant of the aircraft is provided with supplemental oxygen. So basically, 12,500 feet to 14,000 feet, if you're there for less then 30 minutes, you do not have to worry about it. Nope. And then number three says that cabin pressure altitudes above 15,000 feet MSL unless each occupant of the aircraft is provided with supplemental oxygen. So basically, if you're going above 12,500 feet for more than 30 minutes or you're going above 14,000 feet at all for any duration of time, the crew has to have oxygen.
2: But the passengers do not. Yep.
1: Right. So if you're yeah. at fourteen so you thousand, if, you, if
2: you're at fourteen thousand five hundred, you can just let the passengers pass out in the back.
1: Yeah, and that, yeah, that's that's the way to think about it. So think about you know back in the day, kind of when these rules came out. You're talking Piper Navajo or something like that, cabin class mm-hmm. aircraft that's unpressurized. That can this turbocharged, so it can go up to these altitudes, and it, it can cruise really well in this altitude range. You need it. You need the al- you need the oxygen as a crew member. For your thirty minutes above twelve five. And then uh well that gets into one thirty five regs, maybe, but uh you got your oxygen on after thirty minutes above twelve five. At fourteen you need it all the time. Let the passengers pass out in the back. Those
0: passengers so wake up. Stay. When they they are gonna mm-hmm. pass out and, yeah, between up. fourteen thousand and fifteen thousand feet, unless they have some sort no, of underlying no, medical condition. Yeah. Oh yeah? yeah.
1: Oh yeah. Oh no, they're passing out, they're going to sleep. They're going no, to sleep. I don't They're getting tired, that. they're going to sleep. Yeah. Half the height of Mount Everest? This is like you give them one beer, they're going to sleep. Yeah, they're, not dying. I mean,
2: I don't, they're not dying. I don't mean they Yeah, no, I don't mean like yeah, they'll probably fall asleep, but they're not they're not gonna like run out of oxygen and die, they just probably fall asleep. No. No. Yeah.
0: No. I'm looking at the highest mountain I've ever been on in the Give me a moment.
1: Well, I I wanna h I want to find out the highest Pikes peak, mountain. peak, Colorado, fourteen
0: thousand one hundred fifteen well. feet. I we, Okay. I, you get tired. I ran around on the on the top of that thing, running around as a kid, and it, it's it's. Yes.
2: But if you were sitting in a nice, comfy chair drinking
1: a beer, you'd probably fall asleep. I, dude, you're done. Think how t- how many people sleep on an airliner with a cabin altitude of seven thousand feet.
2: Oh, uh, I can't sleep on an airliner very good. Well, yeah, but you but know I'm, a lot of people. So I, you know, I, I fly Spirit and I ride in the back. You know. But well, yeah,
1: the seats don't even recline. No. I'll be
0: playing with a Rubik's cube up to like twenty thousand. I feel like
1: everybody's different, but it I mean, it's significant. i mean i I mean, I was being facetious as well. I mean, I recognize that if you have ten people on board, you're gonna get ten different you know outcomes with the scenario, but that's one thing that's one way to remember it. Above 12.5, you need it after 30 minutes. Above 14, a crew member needs it all the time. You can let the passengers pass out until 15. Once you get above 15, they, everybody needs it all the time. And
0: everybody needs the oxygen.
1: Yep. And well, and well, if you read it, it needs to be available to them.
0: Okay. So they don't have to necessarily
1: be on it. Well, that's up to them. A cabin pressure you you know, you, yeah, you can't tape it to their face against their... will just like seatbelts. Something we deal with yeah. all the time.
0: So provided with... I can't... I, can't, I mean... So, that? Yeah, provided with supplemental oxygen. So, it's, yeah, in theory, they don't have to be on it. That's
1: just like the seatbelts. You can, all you can do is advise them to use it. Man, I came in and landed yesterday. There's somebody standing when we're landing. We, you know, we ding them, turn around, make sure everybody's seated. They go up, get something out of the, get a beer or something out of the, <laughs> cupboard, like on landing. Yeah. What are you supposed I to do? Use up in the that? whole sixty six. Nothing. I'm. I'm. Just, we're landing the
2: airplane. Yeah. Well, I mean, are use you up supposed 6, to like feet of runway? Are you supposed to? Yeah, so you don't knock them over. You, you mean you? You don't? Uh, yeah, I
1: just use a barely use any thrust I, I was on the brakes. yeah, as, yeah, as little yeah. as possible. Yeah, but what are you going to do? You can only you can only lead a horse to water. Is I right. guess what I'm getting at. So yeah, I would have
0: I would have stood on the
1: brakes. Yeah. yeah, that's what I needed. Now well, I was hoping that's, for a tip. I was hoping <laughs> for that, a tip. So you can't give him a bad ride.
2: <laughs> in that situation, who's violating the law? You or the passenger?
1: Well, if, well, I mean, I guess technically they are. Yeah. Because they are supposed to comply with lighted signs, post placards, and crew member instructions. They have been instructed to keep their seatbelt fastened for takeoff and landing. We have the seatbelt signs, just like every airliner. They're illuminated. So from a legal perspective, they disobeyed
0: instructions from a flight crew.
1: Lighted signs and crew member instructions. Yeah. Yeah. So, from a liability standpoint, I, I guess I wouldn't go after any, you know, recourse as far as you know law goes. But if they bang their head on the corner of a something, hey, seatbelt sign was on. We told you to stay seated for seat, for takeoff and landing. It's, I mean, and everybody's been on an airliner. They 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 know the drill. They know the drill. But well, yeah, the airliners have the stewardesses, the flight go. attendants, flight attendants. When did they change that? I feel like.
0: This is a nuance we've gotten into a few times here. Well, a
1: stewardess, that implies a female. It implies female, yeah. A steward. Okay, so stewardesses or stewards. But they are a flight attendant. So they're not, you know, the the, the concept with the flight or the stewardess or steward is, you know, they're mostly there for, um, what do you want to say? To take care of the guests. The flight attendant is there more for safety. Their secondary job. Is taking care of the passengers.
2: Okay. So I didn't know the had. No, you don't think so? I didn't, don't know think so? No, like I didn't know a, they I had
1: different classifications. I just feel like they're splitting hairs a little bit. Uh, when that airplane is going down, you think all these people are going to get out of the. Why do you think these accidents have gotten so much safer? Why do you think the miracle the, on the Hudson actually happened? Because the airplane didn't car- come apart on landing, or because well-trained crew members in the cabin got people out efficiently, is it 50
0: Okay, I'm sure there's a lot of factors to that. Um, advisory
1: circ. Well, don't down. Go ahead. Don't downplay. Don't downplay how important the flight attendants. I'm
0: are. not down. I'm not downplaying how important they are. I'm downplaying the emphasis on the the, the wording of the title. I'll try to remember to call them. I almost said flight stewardesses, flight attendants. So,
1: I, be, I bet your your other people that you know that have been in the airline industry would probably echo my same respect for that. Those maybe crew I
0: work in yachting now. We call stewardesses. So anyway, that's why it's on top of my mind whenever I think of that. Uh, AC Advisory Circular twenty-five twenty gives you all sorts of guidance on this reg. Um, and it gives the breakdown, I'll go through real quick here, uh, physiological altitude limits, which is kind of what, how some of these are broken down. Uh, the response of human beings to increased altitude varies with the individual, as Mr. Griffing mentioned. Uh, people that smoke or are in poor health will be affected at much lower altitude than people who are young and in good physical condition. Without supplementary oxygen, most people will begin to experience a reduction in night vision or general visu- visual acuity at approximately five thousand feet. So, this is something outside of this reg if you're flying at night, especially if you're over. Was they, was they say the forty is when your night vision starts to go a little
2: bit?
1: Oh, I don't know. I'm I'm thirty three yeah. and I'm feeling it now. So, been feeling it for years. So, you know,
2: you got glasses or contacts, Lee?
1: Wow, twenty twenty. So yeah, it's like.
0: Not even flying us right. All of us have flown GA stuff at five thousand stuff, five thousand plus feet at night. I think, and that's the first thing to go is your your night vision capability. Uh, ten thousand feet, a person will d- begin to display measurable deterioration of mental abilities and physical dexterity after a period of several hours.
2: So it's ten thousand feet. Is that kind of like drinking like four beers? I don't know.
1: What, well, what, I mean, that, that, you, kind of the description you? he just said. Yeah, that's what that I was thinking, like, like
2: what's what's the, to give, like, the average person an idea what it would be like, what's the beer ratio, you know,
0: well,
1: 10,000 yeah, feet. Don't, just not, an Scott, app how many, I don't know.
0: Yeah. How many beers does it take for you to display measurable deterioration in mental abilities and physical dexterity? So I feel like it's, like, maybe one Long Island somewhere.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, in my younger days, you know, I could drink a six pack and I'd be fine. Now, if I drink six pack, I'm probably shouldn't be uh probably probably buzzed. You know, <laughs> it's about time to put this plane down after. Yeah, six yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But if I drink it, you know, if I was if I was twenty, you know, if I was twenty two and I drank a six pack, like I wouldn't know much difference between that and sober. But now, if I drank six pack, man, I shouldn't be operating anything. That's yeah. For that sure. was <laughs> that was
0: a lunch break in your early twenties.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. It okay. was. We, we worked at the same place. we go to lunch and drink a six-pack.
0: At 18,000 feet, the mental deterioration may result in unconsciousness. So even for the normal person, they're saying unconsciousness starts at like 18,000 feet.
1: Right, which if we br- go back to you know previous episodes, at 18,000 feet, half of the atmosphere is below you. Yes. That's why at 14,000 feet, that's not that far off. Yep. It's a, it's a disproportionate, it's it's a, it's a nonlinear rate in, in the amount of, um, I guess pressure. And, and well, it's more about the pressure than the actual level of oxygen. But so at 14,000 feet, you can see how people are going to be getting sleepy. Yeah. You know, most people are used to how they feel on an airliner and, uh, that's cabin pressure altitude of 7,000 feet. So we're talking twice that. Do
0: people get tired on airliners? I don't feel like I've felt this ever.
2: Yeah, I
1: don't. Well, know I don't want to say that the, that the average... I Well, I guess I would say the average people probably do.
2: I just flew um, recently, and man, it was bouncy the entire way. And there was a kid screaming in front of me and a kid screaming behind me. And there was no way I was going to sleep. You could have taken Picture me up to 18 a- Eighteen thousand, yeah. I'd have been
1: well, away. Yeah, but that you're; those are variables. I'm talking yeah. about just right. the, the, no, the Context yeah. of yeah. just the the oxygen, the pressure, the pressure yeah. altitude, that effect on you. If you're sitting in a serene cabin with oh, a yeah, Wi-Fi, if you're first
2: class, and. You're, or private? Well, or, I no.
1: I'm talking even better than that. I'm talking. You yeah. go get on a private jet or in, right. in a Navajo, like I talked about. You're unpressurized, sitting at 14,000 feet, just humming along. Just the That's hum cool. of those, you know, two piston engines out there. Ooh, it's you're gonna go out. That's a lot different than a 36 on Allegiant.
2: A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yep. Yep. Whatever. The, whatever the last row is on. A or spirit frontier. All right. Uh, so yeah, eighteen thousand feet.
0: Um, mental deterioration, uh, unconsciousness. Uh, time of useful consciousness (TUC) tuck is generally about fifteen minutes, I guess, for the normal person. At twenty-five thousand feet, the tuck, which stands for what?
1: Time of useful consciousness. Yes. Mr. Griffin got it. Do I get a gold star? Yep,
0: gold star. I did not uh, know that.
1: Even tuck after you started, for most—he
0: just explained it. <laughs> I know. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I don't think it's pronounced "tuck" for most people, but I no, like—I no, like to say no. "tuck." The tuck for for most people is about uh, three to ten minutes at twenty five thousand feet. Uh, at altitudes above twenty five thousand feet, the tuck desc- decreases very rapidly, becoming only a few seconds. At 40,000 feet. Uh, if a person is breathing 100% oxygen, however, the partial pressure of oxygen in the lungs at 34,000 feet altitude is the same as that for a person breathing air at sea level. Which I will spare you the partial pressure explanation, which I do know. Because I'd lead as oh. Lee gets upset when I bring up scuba diving stuff on the show. So, I'll...
1: No, oh, go ahead. I mean, I would like to be educated. No, no, if you let's... can do a concise...
0: I uh I was gonna make more notes about it and I didn't get time. And I think I can do it, but I'm probably gonna butcher it. So Well butchering is okay, we're not I mean yeah, well basically partial pressure of oxygen there you go. if you go you I think it's twenty one percent oxygen is the roughly is the amount of oxygen that's in the air.
1: Oh, okay, I, yeah. Every cubic foot of air is 21% oxygen. Yeah, 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 okay. Yeah, I mean, Yeah.
2: mean, yeah, anything. At sea level or, or does that? In the, sorry, in the atmosphere yeah. of the
0: Earth. No, in the atmosphere of the Earth. Because less oxygen is you go well, it's higher. different It's different at different altitudes. Though. Yeah, your partial pressure goes down. Um, basically, that same okay. 21% at 18,000 feet is you're going to be getting half of the amount of oxygen on the same breath. Um, so, your partial pressure of oxygen, let's r- just round, let's say it's 20% oxygen. So, your partial pressure of oxygen at 18,000 feet would be 10% if we were, you know, or 10.5% yeah. would be twenty half of 21% uh, roughly. And then as you go up, so with like diving, you are worrying about the opposite. You're worrying about oxygen toxicity with your gas mix. If you bump your gas mix up to like 40%, and then you, you're limited on how deep you can go because it's the opposite effect. Because at 1.4 or no, 1.6% partial or 1.6 partial pressure of oxygen, you get oxygen toxicity in, in the majority of healthy adults. And you basically go into seizures. And Unless somebody's around you to save you, you're dead. So, this is the opposite going up. You're losing that partial pressure and it becomes less and less. So, I didn't find much... It, we studied all this stuff when we learned how to fly. I didn't know what they were talking about. So, if you are interested in that, the like the scuba diving, look it up under scuba diving. You'll find a ton of information on how that works. Was that was that a decent enough explanation?
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess the only thing I w- I would think is is I kind of misspoke a little bit ago, but pr- I mean the, the overall amount of oxygen to nitrogen and all the other elements mm-hmm. that are in the action. Aren't those pretty much present equally throughout the varying altitudes of the atmosphere? Yes. So with each breath, wouldn't you still be getting 20% composition? You're it, just getting It's
0: 20%. Less. That 20%, that partial pressure
1: Is because it's pressure. It's not about the actual amount of each individual gas. It's about the amount that you're taking in with each breath of total volume. Each breath, total volume.
0: Yeah, each breath you're basically taking in half of the oxygen molecules versus a breath at sea level.
2: Yeah.
1: So you're taking in yeah, but if it's if it's twenty percent oxygen at sea level, it's not. It's still twenty percent oxygen.
0: It's still twenty percent oxygen up there.
1: Yeah. So if you like, but so let's you're just taking in half as much. We're
0: gonna go deep here, Lee. All right. Bear with me. Yeah. Let's go. Okay. Let's go deep. Ten meters down underwater. Um, yeah.
1: Ten meters.
2: Saltwater. It's thirty feet. It's technically a difference. This is, this is a flying podcast, but 30, I'm not a scuba for, diving podcast. For,
0: for example purposes, so you basically hit you double your atmosphere at thirty three feet, ten meters down. So if you're just breathing straight gas off your normal tank, like you didn't mix with the gas levels at all, you it's like you are taking two breaths worth of air every breath. So you have a 40, if, if you stay at that level for a little bit, you're going. your body's going to be loaded up with oxygen um, at a partial pressure of 42, or no, 0.42, it's like 42 – it's as if you were breathing a gas mix at 42% oxygen at the surface. You're getting twice that amount of oxygen molecules where when you're going up to – So eight I guess what I
1: don't understand though so, – so here's the thing though. So I'll tie this back – I mean do you kind of want to close that up because my, my question is – let me, let me kind of tell you what my question is. What is – so why – how can we breathe 100% oxygen? Like when, a, when a, somebody, uh, an athlete, is recovering after an injury and they're breathing 100% oxygen. Uh-huh. So we're ta- you and I, we are talking right now about pressure. Correct. Not the actual composition of the gas, the fluid that we are breathing. Well, the percentage. We're talking about the pressure. Yeah,
0: well, the per- percentage, partial pressure takes into account the percentage of oxygen in the air, which if you're not scuba diving a mixed gas, it's, it's 21% basically.
1: Uh, Yeah, but so how can somebody breathe if if we're worried about the oxygen, the toxicity of the oxygen being overloading your your bloodstream with oxygen? If you're breathing
0: 100% O2, most healthy individuals, again, legal disclaimer, not breaking out the the oxygen card here. Don't take medical advice from us. Um, Most people can breathe 100% oxygen, uh, even at sea level. Because the partial uh-huh. pressure of oxygen is going to be 100% if you're breathing, or just going to be 1.0, I believe, at sea level.
1: That would make um,
0: sense. Where 1.6% partial pressure of oxygen is where most people experience
1: acute oxygen toxicity and will go into seizure. Um, okay. And that obviously compounds once you go, once the pressure goes higher. Because you, you're dealing with the percentage of the fluid that you are breathing. Once you
0: go higher, like if you were breathing 100% oxygen um, at 18,000 feet cabin altitude pressure, um, the partial pressure of oxygen you would be breathing would be uh,
1: 0.5. Even that, though it's 100, because
0: each breath, it's as if you were taking it's it's as if, if you were breathing one.
1: You're taking exactly. half the breath. Yeah, because of the pressure, not the composition of the fluid you're breathing. Yeah.
0: So, like if you're on a hundred percent oxygen, like you're doing really technical dives, you need decompression stuff. I won't get into, but you basically sometimes you breathe on the way up, hundred percent oxygen, but you do it very shallow, like fifteen feet. Um, because if you if you're breathing a hundred percent oxygen below, I think it's like twenty feet, you're gonna your partial pressure of oxygen is gonna you have seizures. So. But, yeah. When
2: you're in a, when you're in an airplane that that has oxygen, what percentage of oxygen are you getting?
1: Shit. Um, you know, aviation this is what most people don't know and it's very hard to come across. I mean you probably have to dig into advisory circulars to find it, but um aviation oxygen is ninety nine point five percent pure okay. oxygen.
2: Really? So like the if the if an airliner depressurizes and the masks drop down and you
1: put the mask on your face, you breathe in ninety nine point five percent oxygen? that is probably because that is a chemically generated oxygen i don't know what that one is that's there aren't big oxygen tanks so it's that's chemically, chemically generated,
2: generated when they need it it's
1: not stored yes. on the airplane no nope. okay it is I didn't not know stored. that i, yeah. ju- I just assume yep. they
2: had oxygen tanks on the plane
1: ours up front is is in a bottle for lack of a better term it is a yeah. pre-pressurized with oxygen that's 995. But the uh, all the over overhead mass that drop down in emergency that's chemically generated, and so what you're doing when they tell you to pull down on the tube, that is actually pulling a pin that starts the chemical, mm. uh, the chemical generator. I didn't know yep. that. Uh the airplane I'm flying now, it it does have a full system um oxygen bottle, basically, that the crew shares and the passengers would share. But on commercial airliners it's an oxygen generator. What generates generator.
2: what sort of chem- you, you may not know this, but what ke- what chemical reaction do they you don't know?
1: Yeah. I have I have no idea. I just I just I, 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 all I know is I it gets know you super, it. I, super I heard hot. this at some point. Yeah. I don't remember
0: what it is though. But it's they, they mix some sort of something together, and the chemical reaction just pr- produces oxygen, and then that reaction happens in a little closed cell that right. pumps down the tube to you. Is the gist of it, yeah,
1: yeah. And I mean, I, I you can get all kinds of different stuff to create all kinds of different you know off gases, so it kind of makes sense. But so the same the same concept that I don't know if you guys uh, w- with this there's something called a PBE protective breathing equipment which is you know for us on the it, it, uh, as a crew member um, we have these available to us if we have to fight a fire so it gives you oxygen gives you about a 15 minute supply and I think per the regulations has to give you at least 15 minutes and it also has like a tight um, cuff around your neck to keep smoke out but it has its own oxygen g- generator as well. And they get very, very warm. So it's the same concept. Uh it goes along with this supplemental oxygen. But yeah, uh, PBE protective breathing equipment. It's just a hood. We have it right behind the captain's seat. Pull it out, drill it. You have to be able to put it on in five seconds. But it's got a cuff, so it keeps the smoke out too. So it's not a two-part thing. You have your own independent oxygen. You're completely mobile, mobile. So you can go grab that fire extinguisher, put a fire out in the cabin or whatever you need to do. But it's got it's got a lanyard, and when you um there's some process throughout the normal like unfolding that it uh I think most of them start pull the pin, start the chemical generation of oxygen, just like the overheads, uh the overhead masks do. But um there's some one thing I did want to bring up about that is uh I guess it kind of goes with this. When you use them, since you have like this super contained amount of oxygen and it's Very high concentration. I don't know the concentration on these chemically generated ones. But um, one thing you have to be aware of is like your hair can store like the oxygen in it. So they've had instances of people like going up after they've used them, like even for testing. Like so we had to put them on every year and, and put them on. You had to practice donning it and putting out a fire. Like for real, like at the airlines, you had to put out an actual fire. The fire department, the airport fire department was there. Every year we had to put one of these things on and use a fire extinguisher and put out this fire. And one of the things is is you have to shake your hair out to get and comb your hair through it like vigorously, like you're almost like you're putting on shampoo to get the oxygen out of it. Because if you were to go light up a cigarette, like within the next like five or 15 minutes or something like that, really? people have caught themselves on fire. Yeah because the oxygen mm. concentration has made everything so super flammable. Yeah. I didn't know so that. that's that is something you know you, th- you think about obviously it's, it wouldn't be super pertinent just because you're putting on an oxygen mask in an airliner. That's not going to be anything. But you know if you were to have a beard perhaps and you put that over top of a beard and you got that really loaded up with oxygen then you you know go bail out on that life raft from the Hudson or whatever you'd go light up, light up a cigarette light up a cigarette, soak, up a cigarette. Yeah. stressed you know? yeah yeah catch your face Burst on fire the flames yeah
0: did not know that yeah, Action
1: don't is smoke. weird stuff man it's well, it's dangerous that's one reason. it's dan- another reason
2: not to smoke that's probably the only danger with smoking really but just good reason not to do it i don't see anything in the reg that would um
0: pre- like specifying exactly what constitutes as supplemental oxygen. Like it, even reading through this advisory circular, they, they go through some stuff, diluter demand, pressure demand, uh, pressure demand regulator, yeah. mass mounted regulator. If you're, this it, it, advisory circular. If you're flying at these altitudes, I recommend it. we'll have it in the show notes at Robertberger.com. Um, but advisory circular is kind of regulatory how they would like you to do it. And they still don't. Yeah. Like could, could I f- grab a like an aluminum 80 scuba tank that's pure O2 and like rock my scuba Count that scuba as mask and take a 206 up and cruise around for a while and be compliant with this? Or I I
1: I've, that would probably be when I think of supplemental oxygen, I don't even I I think that would be overkill.
0: Yeah.
2: But there's got to be some sort of
1: standard as to what you can do. Yeah, and, can't and in use, this advisory
2: right? circular, they
0: talk about um, the different oxygen systems. I assume these are, I've never bought them, but you see them in the sporties magazines, for example, all those little oxygen bottles. They got the green paint on the top, aluminum with the regulator and then the masks or the, what's that tube that begins with the C they put in your nose? Canola. Yeah, canola. A canola tube that goes in your nose, different ways to do it. And those regulators, it sounds like, are designed to detect what altitude it's at, versus how much it's how it's mm-hmm. pumping out. Some of them, the way this advisory circular lays some of them out. Um, yeah,
1: I mean, I mean, maybe that's true. I, yeah,
2: I'd just go to the local uh, local weld shop and get your get an oxygen tank, and that uh, is oh, you know just just throw it in the baggage compartment and just just crack it a little bit so you can hear it hiss. As long as you can hear it hissing, it's probably filling the cabin with enough oxygen, you're probably good to go.
0: That is terrible, terrible advice.
2: (laughs) Oh, that's. Yeah, uh, you're uh, right, Rob. He should get two of them. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Two of them? Okay, Okay, two, just in case one, maybe one runs out, or, you know, maybe they didn't, they didn't, they gave you an empty one, you know, they told you it was full, but it wasn't, you know, so you should probably have two just in case. But
1: you can, you can, dude, no, it should be like, it should be like, like some. Uh, Middle Eastern, like, hookah den or something <laughs> like that. You just got a little tube sticking this out of your mouth and just, just suck it, off this little oxygen. Take a hit of
2: oxygen real quick. <laughs> you're good to go for another
1: five minutes and then take another hit. That's, that's the way I look at it. I mean, yeah. just take a hit when you're feeling a little lightheaded or yeah, whatever. you start feeling a little you lightheaded. You start getting tunnel vision, it's time to take a yeah. hit and then it opens Watch. back up again. Put your beer down, <laughs> grab
2: the oxygen tube, <laughs> <laughs> exactly Take a hit it and it then get back to floating on autopilot
0: right? you know it's cr- yeah, yeah single pilot resource management here yeah yeah um but anyway yeah i i mean i wouldn't recommend using scuba stuff to do that because it seems like these regulators and set up they're set up the way sporties for example sells them for a reason um but like legally it, it doesn't seem like i don't know from what I've read, it seems like you might be legal if you did it that way, even though it's probably not very safe.
1: yeah, there's not much guidance yeah. right
0: like I was when I heard there was an advisory circuit and I printed it off, it's like twelve pages, and I thought there'd be a little more, and there's more than the reg, obviously, but um, anyway.
1: Yeah, I mean, there there probably is somewhere where I would go, you know, if you, uh, so we're getting into section B here pretty much. So we're going to start talking about pressurized aircraft. And you can look up more guidance, you know, maybe further in like a part 121 or a part, uh, part 25, perhaps, and how those are certified. And that could be maybe that's transport category aircraft. And then you could maybe backwards compute that into what might be a reasonable system for you to kind of concoct. If you have, you know, a, a GA airplane that you want to kind of do some of these operations. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure there's another advisor circular. I mean, that we can get this information from, but I'm not going to go searching for it now.
0: I don't know. I, I looked and I couldn't, I, this is all okay. I found. I only found one. If we find more, I'll throw them in the show notes, but it seems like it's just AC 25 dash 20. If you know of another one, email us. As per usual, let us know. Um, yeah, I, I, if I were doing this, I not that this is a sporties ad, but I mean, I'd probably just get something off of there. I, I assume theirs is probably what you are supposed to use. Yeah, I am sure it meets.
1: You know, those are yeah, those meet the specification for. But you know, the, that's really for that's really really light duty. That is somebody who's flying at ten thousand feet, probably. You know, we'd yeah. have to probably look. Pick a product, look at the specifications and any disclaimers or order from the manufacturer, and and see what specifications they meet for what what pressure altitudes, whatever. Um, I have used a canola system one time. Um, I didn't really feel any. I've used my oxygen mask, you know, in, in transport category stuff up at altitude a lot. Um, but I'm I can't say which one works better than the other. What, Apples and oranges, of course. What aircraft but,
2: are you use yeah. an oxygen mask in? Well, we'll
0: get into it in part B. Yeah, so I guess
1: that's the perfect time.
2: Um, Yeah, we'll go uh,
0: part B of this reg. Uh, Pressurized cabin aircraft. One, and no person may operate a civil aircraft of U.S. registry with a pressurized cabin. Uh, First I is at four. Light altitudes above flight level 250, unless at least a 10 minute supply of supplemental oxygen, in addition to any oxygen required to satisfy paragraph A of this section, is available for each occupant of the aircraft for use in the event that a descent is necessitated by loss of cabin pressurization. And two eyes. At flight altitudes above flight level 350, unless one pilot at the controls of the airplane is wearing and using an oxygen mask that is secured and sealed and that either supplies oxygen at all times or automatically supplies oxygen whenever the cabin pressure altitude of the airplane exceeds 4,000 feet MSL, except that the one pilot need not wear and use an oxygen mask while at or below flight level 410, if there are two pilots at the controls and each pilot has a quick donning type of oxygen mask that can be placed on the face with one hand from the ready position within five seconds, supplying oxygen and properly secured and sealed. Uh, so that's basically if somebody goes to the bathroom and you're above... Um, 30, 35, what is it, Lee? Flight level yeah. 350. Flight, le- flight level 350, which is... Thirty five thousand feet for for the most part, um, you've got to have the mask on,
1: right? Uh, yeah, if somebody, yeah, if somebody leaves their station. Yep, you got to have it on.
0: Really, even if you're, I in assume a- you guys have the quick donning ones.
1: Uh, would uh, Rob go ahead first?
0: I assume you have the quick donning ones because if you have two pilots with the quick donning ones below f- uh, flight level four one zero forty one thousand feet, then you can just you don't have to be wearing them constantly
2: if both people are out right. there.
1: Yeah. So I, I haven't flown anything transport category that doesn't have quick donning. So
2: if you're in a, uh, a two crew situation and uh, you're in a pressurized aircraft and somebody goes to the bathroom, you have to put your, your oxygen mask on
1: by regulation. Yes.
2: If you're above flight level three, five, zero five. Yep. Do they always do that? No. Okay, I was going to say it. Just, it just doesn't seem like something that people would do. I don't know um, because obviously I'm not in an airline or transport,
1: you know, category. It
2: pilot, it is but. one
1: of the. It's probably the most broken rule, um, out there. I don't know what that means, but it's yeah. one of the the most often broken rule. Uh, I mean, people. I mean, you're always going to the the bathroom or whatever, getting a cup of coffee, whatever the case may be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I know what happens because, you know, when you're up there talking and you're lifting. Well, you know, I'm sure you're, you've you're never fl- done it. But I know I've, I've never put it on. That's that's the one time I should have put it on, but I never have. I put yeah. it on almost for fun. You know, I've had people. I was know, saying, i sure the-
2: you've never broken the
1: the rag, but that's exactly what I meant. That's exactly what I meant. Yeah. Exactly yeah. But I've had um, I've had people vaping in the back of the airplane, and so the <laughs> outflow valves, the outflow valves are up in front of us. So yeah. anything they do back there, you know, uh, you know, if they rip one, they're opening. You know, some food, whatever. We, I mean, we smell it all. So if they're vaping, it has to come past us to go out the airplane for the pressurization system to work. Well, so how I va- put it on then. Uh, that was. Yeah. Yeah. It's very odd. Not supposed to, but it's a different world. You know, not the airlines, you know.
2: No, I know you're not on airlines, but I'm private. I'm private planes. You own
1: your own airplane. You can pretty much do what you want.
2: You still have to smoke?
1: Uh, I mean, I guess technically. There's probably very little difference in hazard between the vaping and the smoking. Well, yeah.
2: Yeah. No.
0: no. Well, cigarettes aren't. Cigarettes are already on fire. Vaping things sometimes catch just on fire. Just potentially,
1: <laughs> yeah. Just potential fire. Yeah. But yeah. The
0: the crowd flying in private jets is probably not buying the the gas station vape pens though. So it's probably
1: that is what we've been told because it's been kind of a it's kind of been a thing as those things have risen to popularity, and you start thinking about uh you know uh what do they call it what what is the what is the um. The uh, cannabis by, uh, byproduct of oils. THC. Oh, uh,
0: CBD. 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 Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. CBD. CBD. THC is yeah. The, well, yeah. the bad Th- part. Yeah. THC. That's CBD. the part you don't want. They get rid of yeah. it which way you look at it. Scott, yeah. Scott. CBD. Right.
0: Yeah. Scott buys all yeah. the THC that's left over. Maybe <laughs> uh, uh, <THC>. no. uh,
2: <laughs> I tried THC <laughs> one time, and trust me, I will never do that again. But anyway. That's <laughs> allegedly, <laughs> that's allegedly. Allegedly. That's another story. <laughs> that's another story. <laughs> Uh, worst experience in my life but statute of anyway. limitations <laughs> apply yeah oh yeah it was a long yeah. time ago oh right okay well, good. And it, actually i got it from a state that it was legal in
1: so. oh all right and you used it in that state and, uh,
2: yes i did not right take it back with me and then use it but right. it was more like one of those things where like oh that's legal here i'm gonna i'm gonna try that yeah don't do it if you've never done it don't <laughs> Don't, it is the worst experience you'll ever experience in your entire <laughs> life. It is awful. Just god awful. But anyway, we're getting we're getting sidetracked here. But <laughs> that's all right. That's all right. This is supposed to be educational. <laughs> I, I, don't educational many, I don't know how many more deep, ways than you know, one. But it was like, well, you know, one of those things it's like, oh, that's legal here? Well, I'm and I don't obviously I've never smoked anything in my life, so it wasn't something it wasn't something you eat, you know. So I was like, all you gotta do is, I just eat this little gummy thing, like, and then I relax. Like it was, it was like, it was called like Relax All or something. I don't, I don't remember the name or something like that. It was like, oh, I gotta just eat this gummy and I'm gonna feel relaxed. Like whatever, it's legal so here. Did, I'm gonna eat did it. Did you, did you feel relaxed? Oh no, <laughs> oh no, God what no. Is, what?
1: The te- so tell me what the side effects. It, were. It,
2: it, 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 I was so anxious and panicked and paranoid about everything like i thought i was dying like i was i seriously wanted to go to the hospital like, <laughs> oh i did like I, I was like i thought i was like i i thought i was dying <laughs> that sounds like a, it's not That's, calm and relaxing oh no, not, not at all not at it seems all like it's false like, advertising like i I, I I should have sued them for their name on their product because <laughs> it did not. <laughs> oh, it was so awful. And I, I, you know, I, I talked to other people that I work with that use that kind of stuff frequently. And they said, everybody the reacts. Legal. Yeah. Right. Right. And they said everybody react, reacts differently. And, you consulted well, with the local THC I, experts. I, yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I did. I consulted <laughs> with local THC experts and, I determined that that was something that is not that anybody should ever okay, use. The, the, the people that, that is why they call it the devil's leaf. AKA
0: the people that stand outside of BP all day.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, so the the thing with the THC is isn't that part of the like the, with the BCD oil or whatever it is? CBD is the, is CBD. like a byproduct. It's like there's
2: like CBD and then there's THC. Well, no, I'm not. It's but isn't THC, the isn't THC, yeah.
1: They, there can THC's be higher high levels you like, of THC. Makes you high
2: THC, the parts right. that's supposed to make you high, it didn't make me high. It just made me feel awful. Yeah.
1: We've killed enough. So, we've killed enough minutes work, on
0: yeah. that sidetrack. Um. So about yeah. well,
1: go ahead. Well, well, I was just gonna talk okay. about the the vaping. Yeah, with the oxygen thing. So if just like smoking, the uh, vaping, um can have you know c- it can basically render your blood not able to carry as much oxygen to the cells okay oxygen to the brain all that sort of thing that's half the reason why smoking in airplanes is bad it's not the fire hazard it's the fact that if the if you you know back in the 60s you know you get you we all know that these airplanes back then had had ashtrays
0: scott's yours has you know. ashtrays in the door panel oh right? yeah my, my plane has right.
1: ashtrays yep yeah, I bet yours did too, Rob. Yeah, I bet yours did too. I, I uh, they replaced all well, the interior. So
2: yeah, probably oh, okay. the, mine
1: didn't. I,
2: I just, think. I, I just, uh, out a uh, 175 that had cigarettes in the ashtray. Still, I had to clean the cigarettes and ashes out of it.
1: <laughs> wow, the well, I mean, what a waste! I, I mean, that's a, they a, were that's almost but... the perfect size for little minis, little like vodka and, minis. Why would That's you put true. cigarettes yeah. in there?
2: You put put little vodka minis in there instead of cigarettes. But oh, yeah, Perfect. I I listed those ashtrays on eBay because I put out uh-huh. the whole plane. I sell every part, and uh-huh. people people bought the ashtrays. So I don't know if people are using them or if they're. I think they crack and they need to be replaced, or maybe, or if they're putting them in there just to to fill the hole that you know. I I don't know, but yeah, I the one them. I fly, it's
1: got holes there where the ashtrays were. Yeah. There's well, fools. maybe somebody somebody just maybe
2: somebody just wanted to fill the hole is what I was thinking or maybe somebody's still smoking in their plane, I don't know.
1: Spit, somebody bought them. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's you can still like put put, you know, spit out your gum, put in a wrapper and stick it in there. Well, yeah, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, cuz most I mean, it's not like we have trash cans otherwise, you know, so for those yeah. little things. But I guess that's that's the main thing is like with the smoking, it takes up room in your blood where the oxygen would be. And over time, you know, you build up kind of a, a lack of uh, oxygen in the blood, and so that's that's kind of a thing that happens with the um, with the vaping. And so then there's kind of been talk at my company about okay, if you're using CBD oil, but you're not using a high quality one, and there's a high level of THC, are we up there getting high? Right. We don't know. Yeah, you don't know. So now we're at a cabin altitude. So we came uh, we came down where I am right now. We came down forty five thousand feet. We had a cabin altitude of seven thousand one hundred feet. So you have that going against you. you know. So I'm from basically sea level, so that's what I'm conditioned to. And so sea level, we're at 7,100 feet. And now we have somebody vaping, so there's a little bit more less uh, availability of oxygen in the blood. And now we have some THC concentration, possibly, because oh, we don't know. Well, that stuff's like, being gone straight into the cockpit from the sounds of it. Base it has to go past us because the outflow valves are up front in most airliners, the outflow valves are in the back, you know, but for us and the couple uh, smaller g a aircraft that I've flown in the transport category that are pressurized, the outflow valves are up front, so it's weird it's just something just something to think about I don't know how it kind of no, can it's off
0: interesting tangent, it's but. weird I did not know that the out- I assumed they'd be in the back like just automotive, I know they're usually in the back because the air conditioning vents are in the front and it pushes through the car, but yeah.
1: Well, I mean, yeah, just when you're th- talking about flow like that, it doesn't really matter where they are. Yeah, the airplane is going forward through the air, but it doesn't matter where yeah. the vents are. You know what I mean? Just like just like the Ram air scoop is in the back of the airplane. You know, on even on, on a, a small light GA airplanes, there's a scoop back there. It doesn't have a problem pushing air forward to come out the forward vents in the airplane. You know what I mean? It's just fluid dynamics, yeah. I guess, kind of.
0: So, Above you know, flight level 410 but, do both pilots have to be have oxygen masks on or just one?
1: That's an ex- interesting point. You would have to go to part 121, uh part 135 to figure out that answer. I don't know the answer off the top of my head. That's never been a consideration in the 121 flying I've done or the okay. 135 flying. Um everything's quick donning, but the way you read this right here makes it sound like it, you know you're you're not meeting You're not meeting, or they pretty much quit talking about things after 41. Yeah. Kind of like Scott's point earlier, like, oh, after 41, I'm good. You know, don't need oxygen at all, basically. I mean, there's got to be something. I know there's a lot of regs. You know, I fly an airplane that happens to have a very high service ceiling and um, 51,000 feet. And so we have limitations that if certain certain equipment is inoperative, we can't go above forty-one. So there's definitely some. Uh, What's the highest you've been? Uh forty-seven. Forty-seven.
2: But uh, well, if you can't go to if you can't go above forty-one, why have you been to forty-seven? Well, if we, you're
1: donning oxygen mass, you can. No, we can go to. It's it's not a thing. That's the thing is we. I don't know. It has never been conveyed to me that above 41, somebody has to wear it. The way you read this reg, it, the 91-211, it makes you think the all the stuff we've talked about up to this point is up to 35,000, or 35 to 41, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And once you get to 41, does it makes it sound like you're back to... It doesn't matter whether you have a quick donning or not. It makes you think that somebody has to be wearing it. But uh, logically, it seems like
0: if if two people are there and it has quick dawning up to you don't have to wear them up to 40. 41 yeah but
1: above then, 41 somebody's got to be wearing one because
0: it doesn't explicitly say it in this reg the 91.211
1: it definitely it, doesn't
0: logic say it. would conclude that at least one person needs to have an oxygen mask above 41000 or
2: well, even if you're even if you're in a pressurized cabin and everything you one person starts Yeah because it's ass, um you, that's
0: you risk the rapid rapid depressurization up, Scott,
2: yeah, Scott. <laughs> I am keeping up I'm just clarifying what okay. we're talking about cuz this is this what? is for uh, know, for what? rapid Whatever. decompression basically if, if that's a good point Scott um yeah so in case it, in case it decompressurized real real quick then at least at one person like if you had move.
0: rapid decomp- decompression above Forty-one thousand feet, flight level four one zero.
1: Well, rapid wouldn't be that bad. Explosive decompression is what you would worry about. Okay.
2: Okay, so if you had explosive decompression, how much time do you have at forty-one thousand feet if you don't have an oxygen mask? An oxygen mask on three, three potentially
0: not not enough to get it. Three seconds.
1: Like you'd be you'd be three to six seconds. Three to six seconds.
2: Yeah,
0: that's why they want it on and running already. So. In the off chance it does happen, it's yeah, that on. person it's can do. Issue.
1: The person with the oxygen mask on can go through its um, the emergency descent uh, memory items, get the airplane headed down, maybe even help that, but get get things going in the right direction, and then get the other guy yeah. on oxygen. Get them, make sure they're not dying. You know, basically, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's three to six seconds because the, the, kind of the definition of explosive decompression is when the airplane depressurizes faster than your lungs can depressurize on their own. So not only is it the amount of you, um, you can't basically you can't hold your breath. You can't even hold your own breath unless you Close your mouth, plug your nose. That's the only way you're keeping oxygen in your lungs. It is such a dr- dramatic depressurization that it actually an, oh, sucks the oxygen out of your lungs.
0: It, if if you try to do that, you'd have a lung overexpansion injury. It would Just be like if you an, held your breath. Going it would be up. an
1: underexpansion. Like, it would be collapsing your lung. It's sucking the oxygen out of your lung. It's collapsing your lung. No, 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 no. If you ha- if breathe you in, what do your lungs your- do? If you breathe in, what are your lungs? If you they expand.
0: If you're at, yes, if you're at pressure alt, if you're at cabin pressure altitude of like seven thousand feet and you're up there and you have explosive decompression yeah. and you held your breath, that air inside your lungs is going to expand rapidly. And the human lungs, it's not very much uh, pressure to have
1: overexpansion injuries. It's not you can't you can't hold your breath unless you plug your nose. Yeah. But you're saying it, you held your breath. If you hold your breath, it's going to pull the air out of your nostrils. It's like going out into space. Everything's going to try and get outside your body.
2: Plug your nose.
1: Yeah, but I'm saying don't try to do that. Let it go. You you're not going to know, dude. It's so quick. I yeah. Mean, like a gunshot. It's like you a gunshot.
0: Sca- well, yeah, you were scaring me saying hold your breath and stuff. It's like no, I'm saying... Th- any difference between if you have any more pressure in your lungs versus what's ambient around you, you're going to have... Your you're lungs swell like to, a balloon. The yeah, human lungs sw- can't yeah. handle any almost very, very little pressure before they start ripping and tearing.
1: I promise you, ripping and tearing. <laughs> did you just say ripping and tearing?
0: <laughs> I did. Anyways, a YouTube gonna, video.
2: I there's I'm
0: I'm editing that comment out, Scott. <laughs> no, no one
1: needs to see that. It's going to be like a, a gunshot. It's going to happen so quick. It's going to pull the oxygen in all the air right out of your lungs. It's going to collapse your lungs down and could potentially cause physical damage to your lungs because of the.
0: It's not going to collapse your lungs. There's no way it could collapse your lungs. You're just going to exhale the excess pressure. It's like when you're ascending during a dive. As long as you're breathing, your body's natural inclination is just to level the pressure in your lungs to whatever outside is. And I don't unless know if you it just collapse do your
2: lungs, to but you just have that. no oxygen to breathe, basically. Right?
1: Yeah. It just Okay, so I mean, I guess you guys are basically, um, okay, explosive decompression.
2: I guess maybe Once it decompression happens is so advanced, it violent. Hold down.
1: on. Yeah. The decompression being too fast for air to safely escape from the lungs. Rapid decompression, while still fast, is slow enough to allow the lungs to vent. So gradual decompressions occur so slowly that it may not be sensed before hypoxia sets in. Hmm. All right. I think we're splitting hairs here. I I mean, I don't think we are because I know that explosive decompression will damage your lungs because it is going to collapse your lungs faster than they can normally collapse. It will suck them closed like putting a vacuum cleaner in a plastic bag. It's going to suck them closed. When you take a breath, you are expanding your lungs, correct? Correct. When you expel a breath, they're going to contract. Correct. Correct. But it's so now, you, not only are, are you, you breathing out, you are taking a vacuum cleaner. You're going from seven thousand feet to forty-one thousand feet, like a gunshot amount of time. Yeah. So,
0: I apologize. We're going to go back to scuba diving. <laughs> On a dive, to show you the difference, as you're ascending, uh-huh. you're losing pressure. Similar situation. Correct. Right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Water yeah. pressure is decreasing yep. as you're ascending. This is you got to ascend slowly. So we do emergency ascent procedures. Um, something happened, you ran out of air. You don't have any air left in your tank. When you are ascending, it is a freaky sensation where you can actually, depending on what dive agency you're training under and, and what level of certification you're going for, you'll do this, where the instructor will have you in semi-controlled environment um, ascend slowly um, and the entire time you're ascending, it is the biggest exhale you've ever experienced. Like, you've got the time it takes, you know, to slowly ascend back to the surface, your mind tells you you can't just exhale the whole time and still have breath at the end, but you do because the uh, the pressure at depth is high and then you're going it's less and less and that air is just continually expanding out of your lungs all the way up or if you had rapid decompression i don't know why it'd be any different in in that situation your your air your breath is just going to be constant there's going to be so much air just expanding in your lungs you got to let it out so it's not it's not the same as exhaling like when there's no pressure variation going on around you does that make sense
1: I, I guess I don't i you lost me i guess at the pressure variation like, around you
0: it the the reason you gotta you're exhaling is because the pressure in your lungs is higher than what's around you, so it's the same up in the air if you had rapid decompression or explosive decompression you're just you're letting that high higher pressure air that's in your lungs compared to what's around you now out. it's not
1: are you pushing are you are you do you feel like you're actually like using? the muscles or your lungs to push no, it out. No, no, it's just,
0: it, it's just a, it's you just, just a normal breath out. Um, they actually, so in, that, in that, training, they well, make yeah, you, go, uh, when you say that, though, because if you're vibrating like that, uh, if you're doing that, you you cannot hold movement. your breath while yeah. you're doing that. So um, the instructor to make sure for liability purposes, probably they'll have their sense. fingers on your neck because they'll stop your ascent if you stop doing that. Cause it's like, With the water pressure, it's so intense, it's um, you can go up a few feet and start to get damage. Um,
1: yeah, so and that's that's exactly what we're talking about. Your few feet, I don't know what the correlation is between psi values, but we're talking in the time of a gunshot going from 7,000 feet to 41,000 feet. Yeah, you're not thinking to go ah, you're not doing a controlled. Emergency no, I'm just saying you're, you're not going to... You're not going to collapse a lung, it. though.
0: That's not going to... I just don't think that's that's going to happen. Rob,
1: I promise you that you're going to. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I mean, wh- 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 where does the air you go You breathe now? it out. And... It gets sucked out. It's gone before it you even knew what It expands out of you. And then but, once... It gets sucked out. It gets actively sucked out. It's like a vacuum. It's like going out into space. It's, go-
0: it's going out. It's not going to over expel too much air.
1: Then how does the damage cost? Or how what happen? What happens uh, to the lungs? If the lung, if the air can't get out fast enough, uh, your lungs will over
0: expand, and and you have the ripping and the tearing.
1: There, no, no, no. You're talking if you plug if you create a closed system where the air cannot escape is what you're yes. talking about. Mm-hmm. You didn't know this is happening. You didn't plan for this. Yeah.
0: You I understand didn't that. plug
1: your nose, you didn't hold your mouth shut. Even Jeez. if you held your mouth shut, you might not, you might not be able to hold it tight enough. Air
0: is going to air going to rush out.
1: Correct. They're not going to expand if the air rushes out, you're n- they're not going to expand.
0: The air is rushing out cuz the air inside your lungs is expanding. That's why it's rushing
1: out. They're not expanding. They're they're not expanding. They're they're collapsing. They're collapsing, dude. It's a like think of a p- plastic bag. Put a vacuum cleaner inside a s- plastic bag. If we
0: tied that plastic bag and it had wrapped explosive be, decompression, it would pop. It, wouldn't uh, implode, co- correct, it would implode. Correct, but
1: you're implying you have closed all, everywhere that it, that it could go to, mm-hmm. which isn't the case with an explosive decompression. Your yeah, nostrils it's, it's, are open, your mouth is open, exactly. it can escape.
0: Exactly. So
1: it's not going to expand. But I don't know. It doesn't pull
0: extra air. Once your lungs are, the pressure it, yeah, but gets it clo- down to Indeed. the level of that at altitude, it's going to just stop expanding.
1: I see. You're, you're the thinking, I understand what you're saying. You're talking like t- inflate a balloon with helium, let it go. Let it fly up until the pressure is too low and then it pops, right? That's kind of the scenario we're talking about with the ascent in the scuba diving and the, the balloon that you let go, let's right? Say, let's, so say the
0: ball- let's say the balloon has a nozzle on it that's allowing air to escape but not as fast to simulate your nose and mouth, the air escaping out of it. The only potential injury you're going to have lung-wise is if that valve is too, is not letting out the expanding air fast enough. You have an overexpansion injury.
1: Uh, you know what I mean? Uh, you, you're, you're trying to define where the damage happens, not what actually happens.
0: I'm trying to, def- no, I'm trying to define what actually happens. You got
1: what actually happens is the lung is going to get sucked closed or not collapsed, maybe isn't the right word. The air is going to get sucked out of your lungs. I don't know. I want to get
0: some emails. If anybody out there knows, send us some emails. We can we can end this almost right on the dot for an hour, unless you guys have anything else.
1: Um, I mean, I think I think we covered it. As long as you know, yeah, the crew member stays. Uh, if there's two crew members, you're above 35. Somebody's got to be in the oxygen mask unless you got quick donning. Yep. Um above 41 we kind of came up with a little bit of a uh, a gray area cuz they don't really elaborate to tell you whether somebody needs to be on the mask or not but we're kind of using common sense I think right to Yeah. It makes sense that that would put you back to in the realm that somebody needs to be back on it again yeah. above 41 even if it's quick donning.
0: One should conclude that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so we'd have to dig somewhere, you know, in another advisor circular or part 121 or part 135 or part 25, even to um, figure out, figure out really kind of what, where the, the uh, intention, you know, of, of this reg is. Yeah. Um, I would
0: wear it if I was above that, just, just in case. I feel like.
1: I, I just never have, and that's that's never been conveyed to me, you know, in that way. You know, I've spent a lot of time, you know, uh, at these altitudes above these altitudes, just never been conveyed that way, which really raises good a good question, you know, being at a couple different airlines and all that stuff. Yeah, it's a really really good point.
0: Yep. All right. Uh, show notes: robertberger uh, I'm not sure what episode number this is going to be. We will. Email us, F-A-R-A-I-M at robertberger.com, B-E-R-G-E-R. Mr. Griffin is F-A-R-A-I-M at leegriffing.com, G-R-I-F-F-I-N-G. And Scott is F-A-R-A-I-M at scottborris.com, B-O-R-E-S. Please uh, subscribe, rate in iTunes, give us a review, all that good stuff. We appreciate you guys here. Audience is, is growing beyond what our expectations were at this point. So thank you guys for that. And we will be back next week for Class Delta Airspace. And if you were just dying for that radio stuff uh, that we skipped, uh, we do apologize. Uh, we will probably get to that at some point uh, this year. Uh, that's it. Take care.
2: Thanks for listening.
1: Thanks, guys. Thanks.